Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are getting to some feedback that we haven't been getting to in a while. We we tangent. You know how it goes. All that aboard of this that we have no control over. It's an all tangent episode. Nothing all but tangents, tangents, baby. <laughs> all the tangents all the time. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name's Matthew Carroll. And I'm Tangent Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me do another one. And I'm Jeff Tangent Maker Randall. <laughs> no, they call me the Tangent Man. <laughs> tangent Reen Man. No, that doesn't work. Uh, nope. ta- ta- <laughs> Tangerine Man. Nope. Tangential Jeff. <laughs> Tangential Jeff. <laughs> That, like, it diminishes you somehow. It's like, oh, that yeah. Jeff, he's just tangential. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Man, we're all just vectors in our lives, you know? Yeah, man. It's, uh, <laughs> you hit your nexus event, and you, and you tangent, tangent away from your Yeah, just tangent. I break through red timeline. lines like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like your superpower. The TVA has no... Uh, no hold on you. Our conversations are like the... They tried like, to prune me. Yeah. <laughs> they got pruned. <laughs> <laughs> the MCU cast, unprunable. Unprunable? <laughs> the U actually stands for unprunable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Golly, I am... What? I don't know if the, the mic Take picked that up, but I'm just knocking stuff over. I'm sitting at my desk, and I I just keep knocking stuff over. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on with me. I think, like, you know, like when the doctor asks you when you come in, and it's like a question they always ask, have you fallen down lately or whatever? You're right. Like, how many like, times are, have you fallen have you down lately? dizzy lately? <laughs> well, and it's just like, the question is gauging if you're having, like, inner ear problems, or if you're getting weak on in some way. I feel like... It, knocking stuff over on my desk like six times since I sat down is like a symptom of some neurological problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't fallen over, but I have been knocking off everything from my yeah. desk. It's really difficult to fall over when I'm sitting, but like I take out my desk on a regular basis. Yeah, I don't fall over because I haven't been standing much. Is that a problem, doctor? <laughs> 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 you mean you don't recommend sitting 80 hours a week? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. It's mm. like computer I'm doing life it for all you. wrong. <laughs> doing it all wrong. Okay, well, we're living up to our tangent name episode. Uh, I told you. I, I knew what was coming. <laughs> Let's get points for when we read these feedbacks. Who can get off of the topic the smoothest but the fastest? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's like a fantasy draft kind of thing for like what you know what do we think that we're gonna tangent about today? Yeah, yeah. Like we're what sending... tangent are we gonna go off on? <laughs> it's or it's like it's like a bingo game. Yeah, the be- betting markets are open, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> who had old age and falling over? <laughs> who had lack of exercise? It's, it's not uncommon themes when you and I get together. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I've actually been exercising a ton this week, um, but it's kind of and it's it's sort of funny. Yeah, I know you have too. We're, it's funny. We we do tend to do that. We we tend to be on this like we're both working out or we're both completely off the wagon. Um, yeah. 
But uh, this week for you, you got your you got a fancy new workout device. Which I I'm, paid I'm way sure. too much money for that fancy workout device. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's cool though. It's very cool. It's super cool. Uh, but my niece is doing um, roller derby. Oh yeah, she's also in trouble, and so because she she did a very bad thing at school. <laughs> sure, I won't. I won't. Bl- you know. Uh, Elucidate the, the tea on, on the air, but, uh, uh, but tell me later. She did a bad thing at school, and like, uh, she's in trouble. She's in in school suspension, and so we are Oof. we are letting her have no fun, and we're like making her run sprints when she like do- when she does something that's like disobedient or thoughtless or whatever. We're like going hard crack down this week to just like yeah. no fun at all, nothing. You know, just trying to trying to make her like register the wrong thing was wrong, you know? <laughs> sure. Like, other weeks, we've taken away her devices for a day or two, or even a week if it was bad enough. But, like, we're like, you've got to st- we got to start giving, like, like actual, actual negative reinforcements. Yeah, like, actual, like, all right, you run a sprints, do it. Like, like it's, I feel like a freaking coach. <laughs> I'm going to make you vomit today. Yeah, yeah. Teach you how bad you were. But she's also started roller derby, and she wants to get good, so they gave her a list of exercises to do for, like, roller derby-specific exercises. So on top of running yeah. sprints, and I sometimes run them with her, she's has, she has to do all these roller derby exercises, and, like... She's not ever really exercised before because she's young. She's never really done like for- formal exercising. So, like, yeah. she doesn't. So, I'm having to like teach her all the exercises. So, I'm getting a ton of workout just like doing these roller derby exercises because she can't. <laughs> so, I'm in the backyard like looking like I'm training for roller derby. I'm doing these like stand on one foot and doing these like roller derby stances and stuff. And, like, oh, you're going to be a ref. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's been, pretty, see it. been pretty great. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you wanted to push back the episode today, and I was like, "Cool, I can I can do my workout before the cast instead of after." Because like last week when I did it after pre workout, kept me up all freaking night, so I like couldn't get up in the morning. Mm. So I was like, "Cool, let me do that before." But then uh, now I'm like super sweaty, and my shoulders are freaking sore. So sore. It was shoulder day, and that's like the worst day. <laughs> yeah, Shul- shoulder day's rough. <laughs> um, but you, anyway, you, you, we tangented again. We did. We did. We we warned everybody, and we're. we're I, I promise, we'll get to something Marvel in a second. I promise. Yeah, um, it's been seven minutes, but <laughs> <laughs> we we will. We're about to talk about a Marvel thing. But you you got a like a, you could t- you could say what it, how it works, but you got like a magic workout device. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, You've probably seen ads for it all over the place, um, but it's a it's a little eighty pound platform that provides resistance via electromagnetic motors or electromagnet a device in it. It's got like ropes and pulleys and whatnot, but it's it can provide up to four hundred and forty total pounds of resistance. Yeah, uh, but it's just a little platform. It's eighty pounds, it's just but a it's teensy like little platform. That's the crazy because I've seen like. This provides a lot of force through pulleys, but they're still like large and have like things over your head and stuff. But this is just like a little platform. It looks like the Wii Fit or something, but it's right. like <laughs> oh my god, it does! It, it looks does. like the balance board. It, do- it looks like the balance board from Wii Fit, but it has like four hundred and something pounds of uh, resistance. Like that's crazy. That's really cool. Yeah, it it looks like Wii Fit, but I'm doing deadlifts on it. Yeah, and whoa, my back was wrecked yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, I I want one. Uh, they're not cheap. Yeah, I won't be getting one. 
I had to I had to go through a payment plan, and I'm still not sure that was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, they definitely like advertise it that way. Which I mean, like I guess if you're a gym rat and you're like gonna swap, like maybe you're saving the gym money. But I don't know. Anyway, anyway, that's that's either here or there. Uh, well, so Marvel. That's not the ad we have today. <laughs> yeah, that's not the ad we have today. I just thought it was cool. Um, so Marvel. Marvel. That's what this show's about, right? The MCU. Right, I think so. Uh, the, the unprunable. The unprunable MCU. We, um, so it sounds like a comic book, like the unprunable MCU hosts or whatever, like that's our team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the spectacular yeah, Spider-Man. Exactly. Unprunable Spider-Man. Or the unprunable. That's actually, that would be really good. The unprunable Spider-Man being chased by the TVA. Oh, get on it, Marvel. Get on it. Get on it. I'll write it. Let's write it. <laughs> Let's write it and send it in. Let's write it right now. Let's pitch that. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Lord. Lord tangent day. Uh, I like I like this. Like normally we try to stay on and we tangent anyway. Today we jokingly gave ourselves license and now we literally haven't talked about anything for ten minutes. This is quite the show. <laughs> quite the show. I love it. I love it. This is this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> we need to do this more. <laughs> but so you you do have to cover your face in shame though. <laughs> yeah. This sure. is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Oh, uh, okay. So the Marvel thing, the, the the only real news we had was uh that Marvel announced they that in 2024 they will be showing Echo, X-Men 97, and Agatha. So yeah. those are the three shows that will premiere in 2024. They didn't say for sure that's the only shows. They might add some to the schedule. But those are the three shows that we know are on schedule for 2024, yep. which we kind of knew. Yeah, like that's not really news. It's just confirmed. Yeah, we kinda, we knew they were in the late in the process on all three of those projects. And we, we, we had a release date for Echo, but the other yeah. two were late in the process. We figured they were 2024, but there were a lot of things that we were kind of maybe, maybe not. So we still are kind of in the same place, but at least we have three confirmed shows now. Those of you who haven't done your drafts yet, you get an advantage over us on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it on Multiverse News last night, and Haley was like, can we redo our drafts? <laughs> Echo comes out in five weeks. I know. Dude, all of the episodes. After Loki, it felt like we were like, oh man, the shows are over. We're going to get to Yeah, break. there's nothing coming. We're about to hit one of the busiest seasons for this show we've ever had. Yep. Because we got, we got an episode per day mm-hmm. starting two weeks from now. Yeah. Well, bef- before that, we're doing... We just did uh, Captain America. Then we're going to do Avengers and... Iron Man, 3. Iron Man 3 in the next two weeks so that we can get Iron Man 3 for Christmas because that's the yep. best Christmas present you can give yourself. And then <laughs> you got to make those skeptical faces, faces vocally, Jeff. It's a podcast. Oh, sorry. Mm, uh, I don't know. <laughs> then we're hitting stride with everyday what if episodes. Yeah. Then. Uh, after all that is over, it'll almost be time for Echo to drop, which is dropping all at once, and we'll have like five or six episodes in a row to do. I don't know exactly how we're going to cover that yet, but it likely will be something like that every day or every other chaos. day, something like that. It's going to be chaos. Pretty excited about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty excited about this upcoming chaos. Mm-hmm. And then 
silence for way too long. <laughs> silence on the MCU front. Yeah. Given the amount of empty space we're going to have this year, I'm like kind of mad at them for dropping Echo all at once. Right? Like, spread it out. Come on. Yeah. Like, this you, year of all years. We're waiting until May? We're yeah. waiting until May for the first movie? Wait, is it May? I thought it was in November. I thought, well, didn't Deadpool move up to May? No, I, I think they moved it again. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it moved back. That was some in the news like last week, two weeks ago. Um, release date. I, I'd have to... Yeah, right now July. it's July. Is what it's July twenty sixth. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're only getting two Marvel movies this year. Won't be until July. So we're gonna have a real big gap. We're gonna have to do a lot of fun episodes in there. I'm really hoping to get like really fun and creative with the episodes this year instead of kind of like just rolling with what's there because there's not gonna be much there. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's gonna be wild. Man, we might actually get through all of our feedback. <laughs> Maybe just the Loki stuff. If we work all year. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, speaking of feedback, you want to hit a couple feedbacks? Sure. Let's see. Let's do it. Yeah, we're, oh, hey. We're, we're uh, doing speaking kind of non, non-aligned feedbacks. There might be spoilers for various things. Could spoil anything in the MCU uh, that's been out so far. Uh, so be warned, but mostly just covering kind of random feedback that we've gotten that wasn't uh, specific. Yeah, this is our, our random stuff. Um, and hey, speaking of uh, the, the Captain America rewatch, yeah. Chris Metzloff, one of our patrons, said, did y'all catch Jeff using the term spaghettified in the 2015 repost of Captain America rewatch right at the seven minute mark? Jeff is a variant. <laughs> I think Not a variant. He's a variant of Kang, I think is what he's getting at. You are... you. You are the new uh, Kang variant that uh, came back from the future and is corrupting the timeline. You know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah, you should be. I'd play that part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They can just, you know, do me up in CGI and I can just, I'm basically just a voice actor at that point. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, that was really funny that you used spaghettified after seven minutes and the or seven it's, minutes. Into it the is episode. a legitimate term in like physics in astrophysics. Yeah. The spaghettification is a thing. Mm-hmm. I know it, and it doesn't look the way that it looks in Loki. No, no. That that their spaghettification is something very uh, sp- more spaghetti like than the real thing. Yeah. Well, it. Their spaghettification looks like they got instantly grated. Yes. Like, like, like through a pasta maker. Shredded. Yeah, like through a pasta maker. Mm-hmm. Pastified. <laughs> well, but, uh, but yeah, so, so, and I remember when they brought up spaghettification on Loki, you were like, oh, yes, it's a term. And you, and like, I, I've heard it before too, but you were very much like wanting to like talk about what it meant and stuff. And, uh, I think Ashley, I think if, if I remember correctly, Ashley was like, Whatever. This is all fake. Whatever. <laughs> she does that. She's not into it. <laughs> she does that. That she did that Philly thing where she's like, "I don't want to hear it, fucking nerd." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but thanks, thanks, Chris, for uh, calling that out because I definitely would have forgot to mention it. But uh, I thought that was pretty cool too. When I went back to listen, it's funny. I always go back to listen, but I don't want to listen to the old episode till we've recorded the new one. 
but sure. I always listen to it to make sure I, that there's nothing like I need to work out or edit out. Or sometimes we're like talking about news from 2015, like for th- an hour, and then we talk about the movie and stuff like that. So I tried to like cut it out and made it make. It, I always, always try to make it a little more digestible. Um, trim the fat a little trim, bit. Trim, trim that fat up a little bit. Um, speaking of the Vitruvian, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Casey Elizabeth, another of our patrons, says, If any pandas have dreams about enjoying a banana split America's ass style, they will blame you. (laughs) (laughs) And I never noticed Red Skull's science daddy issues until you guys pointed it out on the Capri watch. More evidence supporting Attorney Jen Walter's daddy issues in the MCU argument. Yeah. Also, Avengers is next? We all get tickets to ride the Avengers thirst train with Ash and the rest of you. Take my bus pass and sign me up. Yeah, Ash has been. That's that's really great that Katie uh, is excited to be on the thirst train with Ashley because, like, Ashley's been excited to cover these movies. We've been talking about doing this rewatch for years at this point. We've finally been working our way through it this last year, and now we're really moving because we're trying to like really fill these gaps between content with good stuff. And like, <laughs> it's just funny that like we we watched all these movies, we talked about them all. But like we've never had Ashley's thirst component, like there yeah. to really like. <laughs> yeah, that we we were missing that secret ingredient. Yeah, to bring in bring up things like the banana split uh, <laughs> scene <laughs> would have ne- that never would have occurred to us. <laughs> yeah, and it's not something that was ever on my radar. <laughs> <sighs> not a tangent. We would uh, we would have. Div- dived into on our own. I'm, I'm trying to portmanteau banana and tangent. Banangent. <laughs> Banangent. And I, I just don't like it. <laughs> I just don't like how it sounds. I love how both sound. Banangent and tangana both sound pretty good. Oh, tangana! <laughs> yes! But that sounds like a like a, a, a banana-shaped tangerine. Oh, yeah. It definitely... like A tangana. That's actually... That's, that would be the weirdest fruit, but I'm into it. I would like a tangerine. Oh, or would that be a tangerana? <laughs> yeah, that would that mm. probably so. Mm. These are the these are the conversations you you desperately need in your life. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know what else you desperately need in your life? What's that? If you're a drinker like I am. <laughs> <laughs> listen. Sorry. Listen, I am. I'm a drinker. I'm not yeah. saying like I, I like how you just you own it. You I lean do. into it. I do. I like I, I I live in bars. Like I really do. And I know there's a lot of people out there who like and I mean I work. I work. I'm a musician. I'm in bars every night. People handing me every drinks. Night. There are people that have jobs and like you gotta drink responsibly, of course. But part part of being an adult is having an adult beverage here and there. Uh, if it's your thing, and if it is your thing, you gotta try Z Biotics. Uh, Z Biotics is the maker of the world's first genetically engineered probiotic, and let me tell you, it is the time of year for this probiotic. We all have holiday parties that we're expected to go right back to work. We got holiday parties, and then the next day we gotta deal with family. <laughs> gotta deal with family. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be in that funk that you can sometimes find yourself in after uh, a, a day of having a few drinks. Uh, Z- the way Z-Biotics works is you 
you you have the Z-Biotic first as your first drink of the night. You drink responsibly, pace yourself, hydrate, all those good things. And then step three, you just enjoy tomorrow because you will just feel better. Uh, Z-Biotic's pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted to a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Uh, just remember to t- to make Zbiotics pre-alcohol your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. What do you think of Zbiotics, Jeff? Oh, I absolutely love it. I, I've got my uh, my array of uh, little vials right here mm-hmm. in front of me because, uh, I mean, we do legends and libations, and um, you know, we drink responsibly wink a lot uh, <laughs> we imbibe and uh you know it used to be whenever we did uh legends and libations and i didn't have zbiotics beforehand i would need a couple of days of recovery but now like i'm up and and moving about the next day like it's nothing that's awesome like, man almost like i didn't even drink anything yeah it, it it really does make you feel better the next day and honestly this is also a great gift if it's just really cool, they're these little bitty potion like bottles. I love that the little vials are like, you know, they kind of make me feel like The Witcher. Like I'm just I'm taking the the mutagen, and like my eyes are gonna go black, and like I'm gonna have really good reflexes. But <laughs> instead, it's just I I you know don't feel like a zombie the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's they're they're really are they're cool little bottles that make you feel like you're taking a potion, and I do love that about it. You know, usually when you have something that's like really good for you or supposed to counteract something or like, you know, in, in some way be a magic potion like this, they generally taste awful. These do not, these do not taste awful. Yeah. They really honestly don't even taste like anything, hmm. which is like awesome. I feel like they do taste like something, but like it's, it feels like a, like you're taking a shot. Like you, you're taking a, your first shot of the night. You know what I mean? Like you're like, all right, yeah. taking a shot before all the other shots I'm going to have uh, that people are going <laughs> to hand me while I'm on stage. You don't want to be rude. You know, you don't want to be rude. Yeah. You can't turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that musician? He turned my shot down. Dude, people really will get annoyed and mad. Uh, this holiday season, give your friends and family a gift they will actually want and use with Zbiotics. Go to zbiotics.com slash MCU to get 15% off your first order when you use MCU at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money-back guarantee, so if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash MCU and use the code MCU at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. So many good times. So many. Speaking of good times, you know what else would be a good time? This next feedback. Hello. <laughs> good time, Timothy. One of <laughs> our what, patrons. That's what they call him. Good time. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Timothy Castillo. Good time, Timothy. You know, come on. He says, hello again, magical people. But he spelled Madge, M-A-J. Because Matt, Ashley, Jeff. Yes, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Magical. Magical. Because, like, Jamical wouldn't. Nope. Yeah, whatever. I love it. 
So love this last cast between Jeff and Matt. Victor Timely wasn't planted into his timeline from what the show is telling us. He just gets the book. The idea that Kang is seeding other Kangs is just headcanon, and I think maybe pulling from the comics, right? Not to get too much further into some headcanon that isn't actually in the MCU, since Doctor Strange was looking at all these different timelines, did he see those other timelines get pruned if Tony doesn't die? And he just kept it to himself because he understood that changing the timeline would get them all pruned. Have a great passage of time, <laughs> Tim. Uh, see? Good time, Tim. <laughs> that was a good time indeed. Uh, so, okay. Victor Timely... He says Victor Timely wasn't <laughs> planted in the t- his time into his timeline. From what the show is telling us, sure, the show never says That's, that. Yeah, Timothy is is coming at us with some like uh, it's it's that like view of like if it's never said, then it didn't happen, right? And it is, and we're like, it if it's said. never said, then it could have happened. Yes, it is headcanon for sure, but. Because we never meet his parents. We never meet Victor Timely's family right. at all. Well, and the question is, how did he get there? He is a Kang variant. He has the right temporal aura to to go through this thing. So how is he there if the real, the version of Kang that was in the multiversal war was born in the 31st century and had all yep. these battles and stuff? How is Victor Timely back in the 1800s? How did he end up there? Um, it, unless the 31st century thing was a lie, and he's always been an 1800s dude who somehow creates time travel later in life and then becomes the 31st century Kang variant guy. But, like, I, I, I just, it seems to me that it is likely he is not where he's supposed to be. Yeah. I feel like that's. I don't want to say it's like it's obvious, but it like it it kind of feels like based on what like they said, implied. that's the only way. That's the only way that it could all be true. You know, the only other way I can think of to, to make it make sense, if I'm if I'm trying to like make Timothy's version make sense or like a, a different version, <laughs> like come up with it. There could be other head cannons out there. There could be other ways it would make sense. But here's my only other thing I could pop in pop in at this moment is like. May you know I, I had all that, that conversation about why put him in the 1800s, and it was because he would live and die with no technology, not enough technology, yeah. just the right amount of technology that Kang needed. That was kind of my speculation throughout. Um, what if you, we know that different versions of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, were born at different times? They're different ages in No Way Home. So a person can be born to at a different time. There's also in the What If series we're about to see, there's like a 1600s version of the Avengers. Like there can be fluxy time things with different characters being born at different times in the time stream somehow. It doesn't really make sense by the butterfly effect of it all, but it does apparently happen. (laughs) Neither is a paint universe, but that still exists, right? Like, so... (laughs) I mean, that can can make sense, though, because it could be like that, uh, whatever. Some some event happened that caused that. Some magic happened that caused the paint universe. Whatever. My point is, 
it is possible that there is a version of the universe where Victor Timely is the variant of Kang in that universe, and he was born in the 1800s, and that that is the version of the timeline that Kang chose to preserve because it preserved a Victor Timely, a version of Kang that could do his bidding if needed, but it is not a 31st century megamaniacal, powerful version of Kang. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying, where, like, He Who Remains specifically chose timelines that would not necessarily interact with each other or or divert too much. Right. And, like, kind of put those together through the loom so that they could happen, where, the, like, that, ver- that Victor Timely version was, uh, was hanging out. In, in one of them. And then we get to that question of what is the sacred timeline again, which is like, it says it's a sacred timeline. Like, this is the version of events, how it is supposed to happen. But we know that there has to be some variance allowed as we saw the looms stitching them all together. Well, what if, what if that, that sacred timeline is just the proper amalgam of timelines that fit together without colliding and destroying each other because like they kind of like zipper teeth it's your own question why isn't the time the sacred timeline multiple timelines like they just just semantically doesn't make sense but like sure i understand that that's how it looks in on the screen i mean literally this is the conversation we've been having since the first episode of loki and they really have never answered it and have only made it more confusing uh as it's (laughs) gone on because clearly sylvie you know, was like, whatever, six or seven years old when she was first tracked down. So she was allowed to go yep. on the timeline for six or seven years before she uh, diverted too much that they needed to prune her timeline, right? Like, there are different variances within that are allowed. The, and I, just, I just don't know what makes something cross the red line, what makes something become a tangent threat. Uh, that's right, goes. We're still in the tangent episode. Um Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's strange the way the way the way that works. I I, I don't know. And like we've all talked for uh, another thing, uh, kind of going off two of these things. We've all talked about like maybe that Kang has been preserving his own timeline. You know, like he fought to preserve yep. his own timeline, and that's the timeline. But this version that I'm just talking about, where what if Victor Timely's version is the ones he's uh preserving like that's a completely different take we've all been kind of assuming that he's preserving his own because that seems to make sense like he fought for his own timeline but no he could be a kang talking about he who remains specifically could be a version of kang who won the multiversal war and then he's just sitting atop the hill of like i've won the the universe now i get to pick and choose what i want the universe to look like you know and he has designed it so even if he didn't put Victor Timely there, he still put Victor Timely there because he designed the entire timeline by like plucking things and changing things over time. Right. Or he, he specifically curated it mm-hmm. such that Victor Timely was a part of that. Exactly. Using the TVA as his instrument. And the, the thing that like really irks me about all this uh, more than anything is the whole like uh, time moves differently in the TVA <laughs> right. sort of thing. Like, oh yeah, time time works differently. You shouldn't be able to time slip. There is no forward or back or whatever. Mm-hmm. But clearly there is. Yeah, clearly there is a sequence of events. So time has to exist. 
Um, yeah, time has to exist in TVA. Pitch meeting, which is no. a great YouTube thing. If you guys, if you guys don't watch pitch meeting, it's really funny. Um, there's a YouTube channel, uh, and uh, the guy does pitch meetings for shows after they come out. And he was talking. He did Loki season two, I think today or yesterday it dropped, and he was like. Uh, well, we're going to say that time moves differently in the TVA. He's like, what does that mean? It means we can do whatever we want from now on. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, but like obviously the like obviously there is a timeline, right? There there is a uh a, a sequence of events that you know makes a timeline happen. Like what if this this he who remains, he's sitting in the citadel which is the remnant of his universe after the multiversal war. And like the sacred timeline is just the, the closest other one or the, you know, something like the, the closest other few or whatever that are, that are being kind of strung into something that like we can see while still existing here in the timeline of his universe. But like, a pocket, sort of like uh, what happened with Doctor Strange, uh, Superior Strange in in What If, where he's like in his little bubble verse, mm-hmm. sort of like that, except he who remains on the little planet with like the TVA as a part of it, because hmm. like obvious, I mean, time still happens, and time would still happen for Doctor Strange, yeah, or Superior Strange, like. You get what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's the the sacred timeline is like it's that verse right there, just doing the best so that it doesn't collide with this with ours. Yeah, and clearly, like that, it is some. There's something going on where they are. I mean, like if time doesn't exist, you can't have a conversation. You know what I mean? Like you can't. Yeah. Like the, the, <laughs> if, if there's no sequence of events. Then like Loki can't say to him, and then back to Sylvie, and then they can't have a fight. Like no, no events don't make sense without time, which is why time has to exist on the show. But it, it, yeah, what does it mean that time time works differently? That's a that's such a it's like a, it's like that's the classic so hand wavy. It's like it's so hand wavy. It's the classic uh, like God works in mysterious ways, like that catch all for like anything that doesn't make sense right. in whatever you're talking about religiously. Like, well, you know, God works in mysterious ways. No, like time works differently in the TVA. Like it's that same sort of logic. And I'm okay with it because the show is great and the show's even if the time travel logic is the time travel logic is sound enough that we can like hand wave it and have fun with it and discuss all these little possibilities, but it doesn't close off the possibilities. It's that suspension of disbelief. Like it's, it's, you just got to hang that disbelief up just a little bit. For sure. Just put that one thing on the, on the coat hook and then we can go have a great time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And which brings us back to good time. Timothy over here. uh, (laughs) Who said, (laughs) (laughs) I also asked about whether Doctor Strange, uh, when he was looking at the 14 million timelines, whether he saw the TVA stopping all the other timelines. And that the one that we see him hold his finger up about was the one where the TVA didn't show up. Yeah. I mean, that makes the most sense. It it does. It does. Well, it's it's either that everybody dies 
and he wouldn't see past that anyway. Yeah. Or they win the wrong way, and the TVA shows up. Right. Well, and that's the question, is like, when he looks into the future of his options for what the timeline could look like, and he is seeing these, like, using the time stone to see all the ways the timeline could go, is he being intercepted? <laughs> this is so weird to talk about. Is his thinking about the timelines branching in a way, does that cause the TVA in his brain to show up? Or can he view a timeline that never existed? Can he look at the timeline that would have been if the TVA doesn't show up, is that what he's saying? And it's like, there's no way we can know the answer to that. It works either way. Yeah, maybe he kept it to himself because that's some multiversal threat that he's going to have to deal with next Thursday. But like, today, <laughs> he's dealing with Thanos and he's like, well, so so for the fight at hand, it doesn't really matter. You could think that if you want. But I also think it also works for him to just be like, seeing what how timelines would play out. I think the the uh you know the master of the mystic arts should be able to see timelines and the way they work out even if the TVA do doesn't show up. You know like he can see what it would happen and then he makes his decision. You know what I mean? Potentially. The the problem though that I that I have with <sighs> with strange looking forward like it it sounds great. The the fourteen million six hundred and five sounds great. Sounds like an awesome thing because like he's smart enough that he would be able to keep track of all of them and like pick out the one that makes the most sense as far as like you know the right sequence sequence of events happening and like putting everything together to make that happen. Mm -hmm. But but he needs the time stone to look forward or backward. Right, mm -hmm. and and he needs the time stone in order to manipulate time, locally, whatever. How does he know that the one sequence that happened is the one that actually worked? Because he gave the time stone away. Like he wouldn't theoretically, he shouldn't be able to see past when he gave the time stone away, because he no longer has control of the device to look. Well, through no, time with. He uses the time stone in that prior moment to look forward at the timeline. And he's already seen what will happen because he's using it in the past. He is looking at what will happen if he gives it away. Then he sees the full sequence of events. Presumably, when he uses that ability, he could look past his own life. He could look past everything. Right, but like... The Ancient One was trying to look for the, the, the sequence of events that did not end with her death. But she couldn't get past that. Like, it was always, like, that's that fixed point in time kind of thing, right? Hmm, yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember her. She said, like, I, I could never see past this moment, is oh, what she was saying. she was dying. So maybe that is, maybe that is the trick. Die. You can't see past your own life. Hmm, Interesting. I don't know. But, like, that doesn't... <laughs> I'm struggling with this, because, like, it, it all depends on how the the time stone actually works for seeing. Are you outside of the timeline, or are you just experiencing it and then rolling it back? 
Oh, I think you're because just looking at it. Because what we had at, at the end of Doctor Strange was he experienced it over and over and over. Yeah, I think those are just two different abilities of the Time Stone. I don't think he, I don't think he lived out those 14 million possibilities. I think that he was viewing them. Kind of like when he like viewed the book and he was like flipping the pages quickly or whatever, like to to read the books faster and stuff. Like I think he's doing that but with the timeline. You know, like he's like looking at a million fourteen million timelines. He's not uh, he didn't do he didn't do books with the time stone. Oh yeah. Like, the only thing that he did with the book in with a book with the time stone was to put pages back to like restore the lost pages that were torn uh, out okay. of the book of Cagliostro. Could have sworn he did like some sort of, maybe, I don't know if it was time stone. Could have sworn he did something to like learn faster. Cause, or maybe uh, he, no, was he, sleeping. he was using astral projection. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He was, he was sleeping and using astral projection to learn even while he was sleeping. That's right. And he had like a bunch of books out and stuff while he was at. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, I just remembered him like using his powers to learn faster, and I was thinking it was something to do with that. Oh man, it'd be so great if like I didn't have to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right, golly! <laughs> I was telling you before we we got on like time is my like time and at this point square footage, as you said, is like my two <laughs> things that are like my limiting factors in my life. I got this house that is very nice and has lots of space, but like it is so hard to fit all the houses that had to combine to be here. It's so hard to fit everybody in. Um, yeah. Everybody's stuff in and trying to like figure out a place where all the furniture and all that stuff. Might need to do some pruning. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. The the house loom. I, I was like, my mom, we were moving her in and um, we uh, went down, I went down to Prattville to like pack up all her house, right? Pruner. <laughs> Just pruner, pruner. Um <laughs> No, I, I was packing up her house, getting it ready, and, like, the whole time, I kept being like, do you want this? Like, I, a lot of it was like, do you want this? Do, you need to throw things away. Like, we need to get oh, rid of- Oh, you were of, doing an episode of Hoarders on her. Basically, but, you know, she's she's in no way a hoarder, like, but she had, like, she has a lot of stuff, because it's her whole life. And I get not wanting to get rid of things, but a lot of things, like, she would want were, like, not special things. They were just, like- a magazine from the 80s or whatever. Like, it was like, do you need this? Like, what are you <laughs> going to throw away? And so many things she kept. I kept being like, are you sure? This is all got to go in the new house. And like, you're, the space is not that big. And so anyway, so she said no. And she kept like a lot of stuff. And so then we got it all in the house and put all the boxes in her space. And like, they're stacked up everywhere. And then the next day I was like, you ready to go through a box? And she's like, yeah. And then she was like, throw it away, throw it away, throw it away. And I was like, okay, so you just wanted me to move it to Birmingham. So then you'd see what it looked like. So you'd throw it away. Like you, you could have just thrown it away and we would have been done with this, but now we're going to spend the next like two months going through boxes and you doing, Oh yeah. The thing you were recommending, I throw away two months ago. Now we'll throw it away. <laughs> yeah. She just needed to sit and think on it. That's all. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted me to move it and then exactly. throw it away. It's, there's nicer garbage cans up North. I don't know why your mom has a like very heavy new England accent. Yeah, it was up North, you know? <laughs> Yeah, nice garbage cans. She up wanted there. me to take like six van loads instead of two. Like she just really wanted me to go back and forth to travel as many times as possible. Yeah, <sighs> I get it. <laughs> quite annoying, quite annoying, my friend. Um, all right, what's up next? Andre Sparks, another patron, says. So I heard Matt and Jeff giving all their theories for the Agatha, the Agatha show, and I thought of something. 
What if the show starts out with Agatha still in the spell from Wanda, but then at the end of the first episode, she gets let go from the spell because Wanda died in Multiverse of Madness? The real premise of the show is Agatha going after the Darkhold, but gets pulled inside the book and goes through all the lives of the people who have ever had the Darkhold. Then at the end of the series, we learn that Wanda isn't dead, she just went inside the book. I think that would be dope! What do you guys think? I know we have... Ten months to theorize. Keep up the good work, Andre. <laughs> Ten months to theorize, and we don't have a trailer yet. So it's like, we don't even know what we're theorizing about. Wanda destroyed the Darkhold in every universe, though. That's true. Theoretically. That's an immense amount of power. Indeed, indeed. If you think about, like, she destroyed an infinite number of books. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, Ray Bradbury would be real proud. But, yeah. Like, uh... Uh, so the theory he's he's saying is that like she goes into the book after, but yeah, if she's in the book, then she would be destroyed, right? Because <laughs> she destroyed all the books. Well, it, it depends on what happens when the book is destroyed. You know, right. is it like? Is it like everything inside is destroyed, or it just all comes spilling out, like everything that was imprisoned or whatever? Right. Well, it, we found out toward you know in Multiverse Madness that it wasn't even the book that was the book. The book was the mountain, and like the the place. Yeah, the book was a copy of yeah, and the mountain was like where the actual like inscriptions were pulled from. Yeah, which makes sense. A dark hole, like you know. Ah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Um, so... Mount Wondagore. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I definitely like the idea of finding out Wanda's kicking arounds in some form. I, I think it would be really, really cool if she showed up on the show. But I, there's been, there's been some, uh, speculation and news reports that she, or, like, rumors that she might show up. But I also think, like, it looks like a lot of the show is happening in the time of WandaVision, it, like like flashbacks and stuff to that time. Yeah. So I think if she does show up, it's very possible she'll just show up in that setting, like as a part of that storyline we've already seen her go through. I like the idea that we had of like uh, Agatha or like the the show or the flashbacks at least are just like Agatha working behind the scenes and like trying to get something done and then being yanked back to you know. Oh, I gotta. I have to walk into the house at this point. Like, I've got a scene, so I have to stop everything that I was doing and go handle that. Mm -hmm. But, like, like I'm coming back to this. I like that too. And I think it very well could be that a lot of the scenes in WandaVision are just the sort of behind the scenes, how she was getting around and what she was doing. And also, like, it seems like there's going to be other witches involved. Like, we know that. Agatha was drawn to Westview because of the immense amount of power or whatever, right? So what if, you know, we know these other witches, what if other witches were also in the town and like we sort of see the like drama of all of them playing out, you know what I mean? Like there are other witches that are involved, maybe even some of them we know or have have met in in WandaVision season one, but they were also sort of under her spell or whatever. Yeah, but they weren't powerful enough to get out. The way that Wanda, or the way that Agatha was, because Agatha had absorbed enough power, I guess. Yeah, or they were just defeated, like, maybe they were all kind of doing the same thing, like, oh, all this magic, all this power is here, we can all, we can go here and get it. Um, But, like, then then it's sort of like a, 
like Wanda's so caught up in her grief that she's not even paying it. She's not even seeing all the magic users around her, like striving for like the, the, the throne or whatever. Like they're all having their own, like their own game of Thrones sort of situation with all these witches and wizards, like fighting (laughs) for the power that, that she has, you know, game of cauldrons. (laughs) No. Oh no. The wicker throne. (laughs) It's made out of broomsticks <laughs> from all the dead witches. Oh man, that's <laughs> the broomsticks is pretty good. The broomsticks is pretty good. You know, none of those thrones ever seem very comfortable. Uh, the made, yeah, made right. Out of, <laughs> made, out of, made out of knives. Made out of broomsticks. The splinters abound. Right, like you are going to cut yourself on that on that throne. The iron throne being made out of swords. Hundred <laughs> percent. But you know what is comfortable, Jeff? Oh man, miracle made sheets. Um, that's right, miracle made sheets. That's right. Uh, so I've never had a like preferred set of sheets before. Really haven't. Yeah, I've, I've just haven't really cared. It's like, oh, it's something on the bed. I roll around. Yeah, and I'm on just it. happy to have two. If I can get two full sets, so that when one gets dirty, I can swap it out and wash the other one, <laughs> and have the next yeah. one ready. This is the first time in my life where I have a set of sheets that I like so much that when it's time to wash, like I want to wash them and put them back on. Like I don't want to oh, yeah. use my other sheets anymore. Um, and I'm just I, I need to get more sets of these miracle made sheets. They are amazing they're a miracle (laughs) they are they are it's like magic actually i want to get more stuff from miracle made like the their towels the uh you know all of the various other uh silver infused things Mm -hmm. that were inspired by nasa yes i I love the the idea because like i've we had an ad like years ago where I ended up getting a shirt that was silver infused, and I still have that shirt. Mm-hmm. I love that shirt. So they have like sheets that are the same way. It's like, oh yes, give me that. Yeah, the silver infused nature of these things are awesome. Uh, it, it, NASA inspired, as just said, uh, they they're made to be thermoregulating and designed to keep you at a perfect temperature all night long so you get a better night's sleep. Uh, the uh, silver also is uh, self makes the sheets self-cleaning. Um, they prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. When I read that, I was like, it seems like a bold claim yeah. for these silver-infused things. I looked up the science on it, and it's. I thought that maybe it was like silver is uh, like the most conductive metal on the on the planet, uh, and maybe like it makes the electrostatic discharge happen to bacteria and like shocks them to death. No, it's better. Silver the the uh, ionic silver particles actually tear the cellular lining of bacteria, mm. so it basically eviscerates bacteria. Oh wow! So that they cannot grow. That's awesome. Like, that is so metal. That is so metal. If you want to <laughs> fight a real battle against bacteria, like, have a, have, have a war, like, Lord of the Rings-style war happening on your sheets at all times, where bacteria, like orcs, are being rended, 
Uh, <laughs> Cut in half, torn asunder. <laughs> Get miracle uh, sheets. Uh, they're they're also luxurious. They really do. They feel like you're at a fancy hotel. Um, I I really really like miracle sheets. Uh, go to trymiracle.com/mcu to try it today or gift to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Save over forty percent. And if you use our promo code MCU at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra twenty percent. I'm gonna go do that right now. Yeah, you just said. I, I need another thing of sheets. You need the towels. Uh, <laughs> Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash MCU and use the code MCU to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash MCU to treat yourself, a friend, or a loved one this holiday season. Sleepless, smelly, be all comfy. You gotta do it, guys. Gotta do it. Good for your skin. Mm-hmm. Alright, so next up we've got Patrick O'Reilly saying hello! There's a lot of O's on it. Matt, Jeff, and Ashley. First time writing in, felt the need to ask your opinion on the news that Marvel seemingly confirms Wanda's death at the end of Multiverse of Madness. Thoughts? Outbursts? Or is it the right decision with the direction the MCU is going? I need more friends to discuss all things Marvel, and you all are my outlet. Love you 3000, Patrick. I, uh... That was in that book. They they confirmed it in that, like, Marvel timeline book. I feel like it still wasn't confirmed, though. Okay. Like based on the text, it was. It's still kind of like mm, you're leaving it open, right? I, I think that's the thing. I think it's it's still open. Like it's she's presumed dead. What, what does it say? What's the text say? It says like seemingly ending the threat. Oh, and I'm like, oh, you used seemingly, did you? Yeah. Well, that if that's all it is, then yeah, I don't know. I I I heard that it was a little more definitive than that, but still left a little wiggle room. So I, I think it's very possible she's not actually dead. But if she is, even if she if she is or isn't, I think it's the right call for it to be in that book that she is. Because like at this moment, I think we're supposed to presume that she is dead. Um, yeah. If she shows up again, it needs to be a surprise. And I I think we might be done with that version of Wanda, but we know there are other versions that we've already met that might show up again. Yeah. 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 Like there's, there's other, like the eight, three, eight version there's, and there presumably there's like zombie a Wanda. bunch of different versions. Oh, zombie Wanda. Oh. Give me zombie Wanda Give back. Me live action zombie Wanda, please. God, live action zombie Wanda would be so great. Yeah, it would. Oh, and we're, we're supposedly getting, uh, Marvel Zombies as a series eventually, you know. Oh yeah, they they gave us that logo. Yeah, um, and it's supposed to be you know just like the animated What If. So like that's gonna be really cool. Yes, but absolutely. I I don't know that <sighs> I don't know that that Wanda is dead because there was that red burst at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mount Wondagore, the, like the temple was collapsing, and then there was that red burst from it, as if you know the chaos magic popped. Yeah, you know? I thought that was supposed to represent her destroying all the books across every timeline. That's like the power going out, but like yeah, I but just She did that before. Okay. Like Doctor Strange said before that, he's like oh, she destroyed the dark hole in every dimension. Like, okay. Okay, how do you know that? <laughs> like how did you confirm that? <laughs> yeah, that seemed weird. I didn't already watch the end of that. 
Um, yeah, but it's um, it just it just it just didn't seem like what the 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 mountain falling on her does not seem like enough to confirm that the Scarlet Witch is dead. You know what I mean? She's like this powerful master of sorcery and like just a little some rocks. I don't think it's kind of like everyone talked about with um. Was it like Captain Marvel in eight three eight gets some rocks fall on her and everyone's like she's dead? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh yeah, it was the statue. Yeah, fell yeah, on yeah her. the statue fell on her, and that was the end of that version of Marie Rambo. And I was like, wh- why? Like if she's like binary or whatever, like why? <laughs> mm, yeah, maybe stunned for a minute. I don't, I don't see why she's dead. Yeah, and like. Hmm. There's, I guess there's a few things that are like, uh, you know, this character's way too powerful to go out like that. They're not actually gone. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, you know? for sure. We'll wait and see. I'm, I'm looking forward to Mephisto coming back uh, and telling us how things are. Yeah, coming back. And bringing Wanda with him. <laughs> I'm like, how far can I stretch this Mephisto thing? Like, can I... <laughs> One more thing, just one more thing. Just give it, all, give it all the Mephisto. Yep, it all, it's, it's all been Mephisto the whole time. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Jake Waters says hi all. With the writers and actor strike having come to an end, uh, there's something I wanted to share with you and hopefully get your take on it. I think we can all agree that since Avengers Endgame, and I guess technically Far From Home, the MCU has been on a bit of a roller coaster ride with its releases. I enjoyed some more than others, while at the same time found myself disliking some projects more than I thought possible with MCU content. Anyways, moving on to my point, I personally feel like there has been a writing problem as of late in the MCU. I cannot say for sure whether it is a like from a supervisor standpoint, like Feige, or writers and talent, or working timetable, etc. standpoint, but the point is, the stories have just not felt fully fleshed out. I think it's fair to say, we all look at films such as these after seeing them and think, oh, what if they had done this or that, or, you know, but overall, I feel like the story was good and made sense. Lately, however, I feel like I'm imagining even the blandest changes just to give the stories more grounding or nuance or ethos or pathos or overall oomph. I also think I find myself just wanting projects to be more adult and not not in that way, guys, but taking a more serious tone and not undercutting with comedy the way a lot of the MCU has been doing. Now, I do believe there is some hope here. I think the new DCU is going to thrive under James Gunn. This is good news because the MCU has been left unchecked for too long, and I'm afraid they've grown somewhat complacent and know that we'll go see whatever they put out. If the DCU goes well and gets more traction and starts being an actual competitor to Marvel, then Marvel will have to dig in and do better for themselves, so fingers crossed on that one. Looking forward to hearing you guys discuss Loki, and as always, sorry for the long feedback. Love you all 3000, Big Red Panda. Jake Watts. (laughs) And as always, sorry for the long feedback. I like that. Um, we've been trying to teach Skylar about apologies and how, like, what a component of an apology is, like, understanding what you did wrong and then striving not to do it again. Yeah. So. Maybe, maybe coming with a way to fix it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Come on, come on, Jake. Sorry, as always, for the long feedback. (laughs) (laughs) You knew you were going to do it. (laughs) Just teasing you. Just teasing you, Jake. Um, No, it wasn't that long. Um, Yeah, I I definitely think there have been some issues and, and that we've talked about it ad nauseum. I think a lot, a lot of what I'm feeling lately is, 
And I don't know if there's a good way to fix it because I don't, I don't know. Like we watching Phase One as we've been doing while watching the Marvels. Like it, it just feels like they're making this stuff for a generation with shorter time, uh, shorter attention spans. Like it kind of feels like the Marvels needs to keep moving the whole time. Same thing with Thor Ragnarok. Uh, same thing with uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, I think a lot of the movies have, and I mean, I think see No Way Home is an example of that movie's really fun. But it does have quiet moments, like when they're sitting around in the lab talking or sitting on the rooftops. Like, I think, and I don't, so I don't think it's that widespread. I think that Marvel is getting a bad rep, partially because, like, people are noticing when there's bad things. And I think in the past, like, it got a lot more passes. But after Endgame, the, like, the bar was set so high that everything that yeah. comes out, we expect it to have the thoughtfulness and the like credibility and the and the care, yeah, and the care that that Endgame had, and not every Marvel project has that, including phases one through three, you know. Yeah, well, like Endgame had the the amount of or the 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 special care and attention for every story, every character that has been in there so far, yeah. especially all the major ones, like. They had to do right by all of them to kind of end that that major arc, and like all of the phase four things and phase five things are just setting up that new saga. Right. So like, if we treat these more like phase one properties, then maybe you know it's like like managing our expectations. Like not only that, but also like the the tone of each of the things from phases one, two, potentially three, were all roughly similar. Like, there were some genre differences, but they were all kind of sort of the same. Not like, uh, not the way that, like, Kamala Khan is, or, the, you know, the Miss Marvel series is, like, vastly different from, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier mm -hmm. or Moon Knight. Uh, and then, like, that's even more different from She-Hulk. And, like, all of these properties are in such wildly different genres yeah. that it's like, it's hard to really compare them to each other or in the same way. Yeah. And like, it feels like Marvel's branching out into, into like broader genres and like, you know, they're trying new things and some of them just kind of aren't working. Some of them do work really well. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, it really just depends on your, your taste, I guess. Yeah. And it, it, looking at it that way, maybe all of this is not bad because you have the first. You know, I think I think that Marvel in the very beginning experimented with two tones. There was Incredible Hulk and Iron Man. They came out a month apart. They were drastically yep. different, and Iron Man is what hit. And then yep. basically all of the Infinity Saga is kind of modeled after that. Action yep. adventure, but keeping it light. Have 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 some have some quiet. Have some depth. Have some quiet moments. But for the most part, keep it zippy, light, fun. Keep the characters quippy, and like it became kind of a like 
almost like a, a stereotype, the, the Marvel tone, you know, that sort of like, yeah. oh, the Marvelfication of cinema. And that meant two things. When people say that, they mean two things. Sometimes they mean both, and sometimes they mean one or the other. They mean the sort of like uh, connected universe, which is obvious, but they also sometimes yeah. just mean like it knowing what it is to the point of irony where like the characters themselves are sort of ironic and sort of like putting their tongue in their cheek all the time, which like I love <laughs> people make fun of it. Cause uh, it's like, they're not taking the moment seriously, but I just like, okay, I'm going to get weirdly serious. My sister passed away a few years ago and like we were all in the funeral. It's pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> we're all in the funeral <laughs> home and we could we got on a few tears where we were just telling stories and laughing and it was the most weird funeral because we were all telling stories and sort of like commiserating but it ended up being like a kind of an uproarious funeral like we were like there's a lot of laughter and a lot of like like you know commiserating but there's laughter in that moment of misery you know in that moment of tragedy and like so when people say like when people make jokes in these movies, it kind of undercuts the entire the the serious moments. I don't think that's always true. I think it matters what the what we talked about it during our coverage of Captain America last week. It's like when Erskine says, "Well, I don't have a surgery tomorrow," and he dumps the extra booze in his cup. It's like yep. that's a perfect joke because that's exactly the joke that guy would make in that moment. You know what I mean? And I, yeah, I do think that like some of the stuff. Probably some of the stuff in She-Hulk, which gets a pass because it's thir- it's it's like breaking the fourth wall, um, but also some of the stuff in Ragnarok, and some of the stuff in the Marvels. Some of those jokes are like not exactly the joke that character would make in that moment. It's like you're trying to keep that like they don't feel authentic. Yeah, yeah, they don't feel authentic to the character. Um, and so they're trying to keep the, the the tone light, but there's a bit of artifice between the character and like their experience in that moment where the character is like commenting on the story. And it, it, it takes a really interesting character to be able to do that well. That's kind of the beauty of Tony is Tony is kind of smart enough. He's not breaking the fourth wall, but he is always commenting on what is going on. You know what I mean? And that gives him that almost like narrative power where he's like narrating what people are doing around him. And it's kind of that, that, that that's what what provides a lot of his He has that real meta perspective. Yeah, he does. And like, I think that helped. I don't think, I don't think we have that character right now. Except for She-Hulk, of course, and Deadpool coming. Uh, yeah, I think that that definitely m- helps the the character to like kind of allow them to be quippy, mm-hmm. to allow them to make fun of the situation. Because like, uh, 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 oh, 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 perfect example. Um, in the scene in Avengers: Age of Ultron, uh, in the scene where they find out, or like the team finds out that Tony made Ultron and like had gone ahead with it. When Tony is laughing, he's laughing at the absurdity of all of it. And everybody else is super serious. And like, why are you laughing about this? He's like, this is absurd. This is absolutely bonkers. Absurd. Like, there's no way this makes any sense. We were so far from a solution. Like this doesn't like this situation is insane. And like has that that kind of like outside looking in perspective mm-hmm. on the situation, 
and can talk about it like that because of how intelligent he is, how like uh, uh, head you know mentally he is uh, above everything or, or above or in front of everyone else. Like I feel like that's Tony kind of in a nutshell. Is like that. Like, why is he laughing? Oh, it's because he knows just how crazy all this is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I think he just has a different perspective on life and a sort of uh, unaffected by the world around him. He's still seeing everything. You know what I mean? Like, there are certain characters yeah. that, like, can't see beyond the fight they're having. That's not Tony. Tony always sees beyond the fight he's having. He always sees like kind of what is going on around him, what the char- who the characters are. Despite it's not, it, I feel like Cap is a lot more like he's fighting the bully in front of him. You know what I mean? Like that's that's where his yeah. mind is. His mind is in this moment. Tony's mind is very rarely in the moment. You know, um, and I think those moments like you're talking about where he's laughing maniacally and it's kind of crazy like response to this like crazy situation is because in that moment something so shocking happens to him that he is in that moment he's like oh man like what is happening right now like this is crazy like I, i'm I, with all of my brain power i am being sucked into this moment and having to deal with a thing that is in front of me and i don't even know what to do about it you know i think there's yeah. a Tony's such a good character, man. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, like, you keep saying that Ragnarok uh, doesn't take any moments to like slow down and and like deal with the weight of the situation. But uh, there's, I, I have to watch it again because I, I feel like there is a at least one scene that's like really good at that, where uh, you know Thor is in the the. It wasn't a. It's not a prison. Korg called it the circle. He's like, it's a, it's a weird circle. But he was, he was sitting there with, you know, Doug, uh, leaned up against the wall or whatever. And like, he was sitting there and Loki showed up in, uh, hologram form, whatever, mm-hmm. magic form. And is like talking to Thor about what happened. He's like, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, what, what am I supposed to do? I'm here. You're not. Our like our dad is dead. Our mom is dead. Mm-hmm. Like my hammer's gone. Like everything that I've known has fallen out from under me in like five minutes. What am I supposed to do? I I, I have to just push on. And like he gets real with the feelings there, but like he's still, you know, he's he's doing the funny thing of like throwing rocks at at Loki's uh his his ghost form mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, Korg runs up and, piss off, ghost! Yeah. Like, but, like, he gets really serious in that moment and, like, and, and takes that moment to, like, really talk about how he's supposed to feel and, like, how he's supposed to deal with that tragedy. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's a, a great thing that Ragnarok did for that one scene, at the very least. Yeah, yeah, no, I I think there are some really beautiful moments in Ragnarok. I just think the whiplash is still there, just like you just said. Like yeah. the, it's like this beautiful moment, and instead of kind of letting that beautiful moment live out and be the end of the scene, and then move on to the to the fighting Hulk scene or whatever, you know, like that's kind of what yeah. happens next. It has to have the piss off ghost, like like it just kind of like. Well, yeah, if they had. If they had trimmed just the piss off ghost part, which is a great like, joke, and I wouldn't want it to be trimmed, I love it, but but it would let that weight sit. Yeah, 
it unweights that scene a little bit. I, you know, it's really interesting. You're talking about the perspective of Thor. We're talking about the perspective of Tony and how they talk. And you know, I do. Th- I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, this is me again building, uh, building weird rubrics to look things with, um, look at things with. But like, you got Tony, who's like. You got Cap is always looking at the thing in front of him. He feels like he's always living in the moment. He's very react reactive. He just is the man he is. He deals with what comes at him. You know what I mean? Yep. And then you've got Tony who just kind of sees everything. He's like always commenting on the past, the future, the now. Like it it's all he's every he kind of is everywhere but in the moment. Like he's dealing with what he has to deal with but in his body, but his his brain is just cooking everything. And it's interesting because Thor is always looking at the future. Like he's kind of always looking at his expectations that have been put on him. He's like, this is yeah. not what's supposed to be happening. This is not like when things go wrong, it's not like that first movie, he's supposed to be king. And when things go wrong, yeah. it's not about like the, the something hit me in the face. It's like I've lost the future that has been foretold for me. And that's what his entire arc is in the end is like I'm lo- I'm only looking at the future. Well, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be. And then finally he gives it up and says, no, this, I, I got to be me and I'm not, I'm not going to be king. You know, um, I think it's really, really interesting to think about, like from a, from a writing standpoint, I, I don't know if that's something they've ever thought of. They, they think about, but like, it is very interesting that they do ha- all have this very different temporal point of view. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I kind of feel like they're like the, the OG six all have a a different perspective, you know, on life in that way. Like Tony's thinking about everything else. Uh, Cap's thinking about the thing that's right in front of him. Thor's thinking about his future. Uh, Natasha's thinking about her that's past. That's what I was about to say. Natasha's the thing about the past. Yep. Uh, Hulk and Banner, like Banner's thinking about himself and trying to keep himself closed off. Mm, that's true. And then like, what's, what's Hawkeye? thinking about oh he's like the, he's the like the the den mom he, yeah. he's, he's, <laughs> he's kind of thinking about everybody else and like uh yeah just trying to make trying to make it all happen i don't i don't know i, I don't like i said and that's why what i said when i it's an imperfect it's an imperfect analogy, analogy really like for it. one thing when we're talking about past present future and then tony thinks about everything that's four you can't really get there's six of them though so it's just not like we're gonna come yeah. up with a perfect way to look at this <laughs> there's only so much to think about yeah I do, I do think it's interesting that they do have those four of them have a pretty like specific temporal point of view and I, no yeah. cap looks at the enemy that's right in front of him Hawkeye's looking at the enemies that are far away. <laughs> well, see, and that's that when you say right in front of him, you're you're using the same phrase I'm using, but you're using it differently. You're talking about yeah. distance and 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 yeah, what they're looking it, at. That's that, literally it's yeah, literally yeah. distance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Hawkeye and Cap are both like thinking in the moment, but Cap is a <laughs> melee fighter and <laughs> Hawkeye's ranged. <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a different perspective to look, but in a different way than what I'm talking about. But yes, yep. I, but I mean, in a way, you could think about that. Like Cap is a brawler. You know, he is he is dealing with what comes at him in his face, 
and Hawkeye is a tactician. So, like, while he is still in the moment, he is dealing with things further away in a more broad sense. He's thinking about, like, seven steps ahead. That's not Cap, though. Cap's like, I'm just going to hit this thing with my shield, you know, and, like, keep moving. Fist, shield, fist, shield, block. Like, it's just, he just moves. Um, So, and and that's more of a fighting style thing. It's all about stamina with Cap. Yeah. He can do this all day. all day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, uh. This was fun, bud. Thanks for having a tangent episode with me. Oh, man. We tangented so hard. We did. We barely got through any of the feedback. We did. We were like, we'll get through these four pages of feedback of like stuff that's not uh, not specific to a, a show or a movie. And we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll challenge that. <laughs> well, that was before we came up with the tangent idea in the intro and felt like we had to fulfill it. <laughs> I didn't feel like I had to fulfill it. I knew that it was going to happen. That's true. It's me and you. It's what we do. All right. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, guys, for joining us. We'll be back uh, real soon. Uh, we're going to have uh, be doing uh, the our Tuesday episode that's going to drop will be Avengers. Speaking OG of. Avengers. Yeah. Very excited. Very, very excited. Yeah, we can talk about our perspective discussion while we Yeah, for sure. For sure. We can kind of like think about it. Ashley's going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) She's like, you said the word temporal. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thinking? I'm from Philly. (laughs) All right. Was that offensive? A little bit. A little bit. My bad. Uh, well, guys, uh, we're the Marvel Cinematic Podcast. Uh, find us uh, hit if you get if you haven't yet. If you listen to the show, if you found us during Loki or whatever, give us a five star review or give us a whatever kind of like or review on uh, Spotify. We really like we, we we don't say it enough, but it really helps the show grow, helps people find us. Um, we're gonna be doing a lot of stuff over Christmas, and it would be awesome if uh, new new folks found the show because you guys were generous enough to do some five star reviews. So uh, if you haven't done that yet. Please do it. If you have done that, go update your five-star review. <laughs> do it again. Make a new account. <laughs> <laughs> Bar your brother's iPhone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Just hey, more five-star reviews. Borrow, borrow all your friends' iPhones. Um, all right. We're, uh, we're out of here. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here. And a huge, huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons. Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3000, my friends. <laughs>